0: Welcome to another episode of Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Nud, and my co-host is Shireen, and today
1: we're going to be talking about sex. So there has to be a little trigger warning for this episode, because we are going to be talking about sex, which in itself can be triggering, um, but also Mm -hmm. harassment, maybe assault, potentially just unpopular opinions in general, because we're really... Going to be talking about this as educated women first and Arab Mm -hmm. Muslims second.
0: That's right.
1: Which is very important for
0: everybody to know. Um, In this episode, we are not making recommendations of what you should or should not do with your body. We are not making assessments of um, people's choices to remain virgins or people's choices to be
1: promiscuous? No, I mean, not at all. I think what we really want to push home is that we all deserve freedom to make those choices about our bodies. And to
0: make them with all of the information that you need under your belts.
1: Exactly. So as always, this is just going to be a conversation. Um, so, you know, Don't take it too hard. And if there's something that we say that really gets on your nerves, just message us. We're always on Instagram. Just send us a quick DM at the Baba Pod. Um, Right. So, Shireen, how did you learn about sex? Romance novels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Was what you learned about the
1: mechanics accurate? Um. Yes and no, because it really depended on what I was reading and by who, so mm-hmm. depending on the author and the time of publication, it could be pretty accurate, mm-hmm. you know it could be actually relatively realistic that's a that's actually like very encouraged nowadays at least for people living in the Middle East who are getting it from romance novels like I feel pretty comfortable um saying that what they would be reading would be pretty accurate okay
0: um what about, again, uh, more scientifically, the mechanics, the purpose, the parts involved? When did you learn all of that?
1: Um, so we had a biology textbook um, because I was like in AP biology. So it was an actual textbook, not some like bullshit Sabbath textbook. And... Um, there were chapters on that about the reproductive systems, right? Oh. Uh which we skipped. <laughs> but, oh my god, seriously? Yeah, but the thing is uh nobody stopped me from going back and actually trying to <laughs> learn about my own body because like I there were just so many things I didn't know just about myself, like menstruation and all that stuff. It's so important, but we didn't really go into those chapters um but I read them myself, so I still had that textbook. I'm surprised they didn't rip the pages out. But wasn't that course in grade like 11? Oh yeah, no, like I was pretty I was like pretty I want I was going to say old. Um <laughs> no, but like we were we were like close to graduation. That's so late. Mm -hmm. It's really late. Um, I definitely remember not going through it. If there are other people listening who were in AP Biology and think we did go through it, please let me know. But I'm 100% sure that some of those diagrams (laughs) and graphs were not discussed in class.
0: So I actually didn't take biology at all, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I have never studied biology. Nice. Which is like an unreasonable thing when you think about it i should yeah. have i should have had to study some aspect of biology but in grade 10 uh, when i was still in the s section and not the l section mm-hmm. and if you're wondering what that means we discussed this very in depth in uh, episode 2 mm-hmm. right yep yeah so i was in the s section for grade 10 so i was supposed to do biology But then I looked at my schedule and saw that I didn't have phys ed and I lost my goddamn mind, went to the admin and was like, "Um, excuse me, where the fuck is my phys ed class? Mm -hmm. Like it's the one hour a week that I look forward to. And they were like, oh, no, no, like you're doing biology now. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So my options are either I can learn about the human body Mm -hmm. or I can use my human body. Wow. What a difficult question. Get this fucking thing off of my like timetable. I'm not doing this. Put mm-hmm. me back in phys ed. I can't believe what you think you can get away with. Mm-hmm. And so I never did bio. So I never saw those charts in Dude, that textbook. I- so I actually never learned anything about sex at
1: school. Yeah. I low key feel like we were learning about like plants. So you're good. <laughs> I feel like I, I know-, know a lot of shit about botany and I don't need to know it.
0: I feel like I know a lot about botany, but only because I'm trying to, like, grow plants.
1: Yeah, but I le- I, I'm i pretty sure we were learning about plants and, like, the fungus reproductive cycle.
0: The fungus reproductive cycle. That's definitely more important than your own reproductive cycle.
1: Uh, Yeah, Nude, what if you, you know, <laughs> mushrooms? Mushrooms are important. I don't know. No. I don't know what I wanted to say. <laughs> You're Wait, just, so you're just like
0: pissed at them. And it's like, <laughs> I, don't I know. Then,
1: I'm like, it's fucking fungus again. And then you go to university and you start taking biology, and they're like, it's time to do botany. And I'm like, oh my God, will <laughs> I ever escape? Um, but you didn't have a biology textbook. So. I mean, you know, obviously you could have stolen one from one of us, obviously. but again, we were learning about plants. But like, <laughs> so what, so what did you do? Like, how did you learn? Do you want to hear? Okay. So this is a great
0: story. Um, okay. The first kind of learning about sex that I did was in grade four. And it, was, <laughs> <hang on. laughs> and it was when, okay, so four was like nine years old, Right.
1: Mm-hmm, I think so.
0: Yeah, that's when. Yeah, nine years old is when it all started ramping up, and I had a friend who is no longer a friend, um, mm-hmm. whose name I obviously I'm not going to mention.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I had a friend who was like as curious as I was, which is why I think we were friends for so long. Mm-hmm. And we were studying magnets in science, in grades mm-hmm. three and four. Okay. And so she and I sit down together on the playground and like brainstorm what, okay, so how can we connect our learnings about magnets mm-hmm. to our learnings from smushing Barbie and, get, and Ken together? <laughs> <laughs> and so we came up with the theory that on whatever a man had, I think mm-hmm. we knew at this point that it was a
1: penis. okay. Yeah,
0: because, like, I have a brother, right? Yeah. And, like, the what is that? That's a, that's a penis. Boys have that. Okay, cool. You walk away with that information and you share it. And you're like, did you know that boys have a different thing? It's a penis. And everyone's like, wow, cool. <laughs> so, like, we came up with, okay, inside us is a magnet. Mm-hmm. And then inside a guy's penis is also a magnet. And then the way sex works is like if you get naked with a man, it just whoop, and then you get pregnant. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, of course you. The baby has to be the thing that comes out of it.
0: Yes, exactly. The baby is the result of the magnetic force. And like, <laughs> I might be imagining this just to make it funnier in my own mind, but I'm pretty sure that we had our science textbooks with us to be like, "Oh my okay, god, but like, how would this?" Do- <laughs> um. So that was at like the age of nine. Um, and obviously that was incorrect. <laughs> and <laughs> and I was corrected. I was corrected actually very soon after um, when I was around 10. At the time, of course, it felt like a lifetime later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was corrected by my mother who had found a small booklet Um That was filled with images of the human reproductive system of naked men and naked women. Of course, it was extremely heteronormative and, you know, uh, binary gender specific. Mm -hmm. But it was also like the early 2000s in the Middle East. Nobody knew any better. And I didn't have as uh, broad of an education as we would
1: give kids nowadays. Yeah. um, Where did she get it from?
0: I think she might have gotten it from here, from Canada, Uh, like on one of our trips or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or she might have had like educator friends. But this was like a very hush-hush book. It was hidden on the bookshelf in her bedroom, uh, but behind other books. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it needed to be so hidden, but it also wasn't something that was like on the hallway bookshelf or my dad's studies bookshelf Mm -hmm. or my own bookshelf in my room. Mm -hmm. It was the most private one. So anyways, my mother corrected me um, because she suspected that I was about to get my period soon, which I did a week later.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I'm not even joking. It was like a week after my mom was like, you're going to see blood on your underwear and it's going to be weird and it might hurt a bit, but there's no need to panic that's your period. That's going to happen every month. When it happens, I'll take you out to get your nails done and we'll get coffee. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. I'll be an adult so that I can have <laughs> you know, coffee. And then a week later it happened and there was like blood on my underpants. So I go over to my mom and she's in the bathroom and I calmly knock on her door because <laughs> like she already explained this. So I just go yeah. in and I'm like, So I go in and I'm like, and and she's like, I'm in the bathroom. What do you need? And I'm like, oh, I got my period. And she's like, what? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Yeah, but my mom actually explained the mechanics to me pretty clearly. Uh, I think she even explained that it was kind of an (laughs) insertion and then removal and then insertion and then removal kind of process, which Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't know because I thought magnets (sighs) i'm still embarrassed about having it having gotten it so wrong
1: no i mean like look to be completely honest with you i never thought about it learning about magnets you know you when you like sprinkle those iron filings on the paper and then you can see that was my favorite thing to do yeah except it like triggers my trick my tryptophobia i hate seeing small things in clusters it like grosses me out oh shit So I was busy. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I was busy being grossed out, Um, and also I just never thought about it. You know, like I was a like most of my childhood wasn't rooted in any kind of reality. (laughs) That's so I was just like I honestly was like living amongst the clouds and with the fairies, and that's fine. And I think um, a lot of kids experience what you experienced, like trying to make sense of the world. I think I think so as well. I just wish that
0: it had been. I mean, obviously, I'm very grateful to my mother for explaining anything at all. Mm -hmm. I've heard horror stories um, from other Muslim women about um, their first periods and having no fucking idea what was happening Mm -hmm. and then hiding it. Oh, wow. (sighs) Right, exactly. So I'm actually very privileged to have gotten any kind of an education before um, my body started changing. Mm-hmm. But I know that that wasn't the common experience that we had uh, as Arab Muslims living in the Middle East.
1: No, I mean, I I knew about periods, so that wasn't like shocking when I got my period. I was like, okay, like <laughs> I'm like I need a pad, mom. That's pretty much it, right? Like I already knew.
0: Do you remember how you learned about it?
1: Um, I mean, I have an older sister, so. Nice. You kind of just, kind of just like end up having a joint conversation like this is something that happens to you.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, honestly, how quick I would have been to seek support mm-hmm. if I hadn't been
1: prepared prior to it happening. Mm, I feel like I would have gone to my mom right away. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. A lot of this is like rooted, not so much for you because I know your relationship with your mom, but, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like when girls like hide it and stuff, it's rooted in how much they've been shamed by their parents for anything. Um, Yes. And my mom like never really actively shamed me about things. So I feel like I still would have gone to her and been like, I'm bleeding and I might be dying. So (laughs) – no, my
0: mom and I were incredibly close mm-hmm. for, for the vast majority of, like, my young childhood. Mm-hmm. I probably would have gone to her, but I had already kind of started, things had started changing already, and I don't think that I was in as trusting a place. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was already beginning to feel that shame, if not from inside the home, then from outside it. Mm-hmm. I was beginning to be perceived more. Um, which we talk about a lot on this podcast, which was changing, obviously, my view of myself. Mm -hmm. It was just, I don't know. Um, I feel like learning about it from my mom was a non-traditional education, both in the West and in the Middle East.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that.
0: So, Shushu, I feel like from the conversations we had within our own homes, we kind of greeted our changing bodies with some knowledge and some preparedness. Agreed. Um, What do you think other experiences might look like and what fixes might be to those other possible experiences?
1: I think the really big problem we have in the Middle East is that we just don't talk about it at all ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, okay, honestly, fine. Don't talk to me about it in biology if you don't want to, if you're not going to test me on it. Um, but we should have had like a health class. I think that's what they yes. call it here, like health, right? Um, where they yep. teach you, they don't even just teach you about like, oh, this is what sex is. They teach you about puberty and your changing body, which g- can be separate from like, you know, sex. sex like of you course. Should, you should be like, this is why I have a period, you know? Yep. Um, This is, you know, I'm going to start growing hair in certain places soon. And this is what puberty is. This is what it means for me. So I think one of our great failings was not having classes like that, but also our culture, like, thrives on shame. Uh, And I would say the best fix would to just, like, stop that shit (laughs) so that – conversations can actually happen because children are naturally curious and they want to ask questions but they never will when you are growing up just surrounded and drowned in shame you'll never gonna you're never gonna ask questions come on
0: i agree completely and i think that that was the biggest issue for me because i don't think i needed a formal education in the specifics but mm-hmm. i would have liked a trusted adult with whom i felt safe enough to ask questions. Like, okay, sometimes I mash Ken and Barbie together. (laughs) This is going to keep coming back. Sometimes I mash Ken and Barbie together and then I feel a lot of pressure Mm
1: -hmm. and I
0: get like really nervous and then I have to go to the bathroom and then something comes out, but it's not pee. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't talk to anyone about this. I've never even mentioned this before
1: actually right this second. Holy shit. I know, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just because of all the shame and shame kind of doesn't really encourage trust. So it's really difficult to have these conversations with people. I want to say that the way it happens for a lot of people is through media. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I think that's where we all learn about it or if you're like me and you're like you think I'm going to not be educated let me just turn back to the chapter that you didn't (laughs) that you didn't like fully complete with me you know yeah but I've always been really academically minded in the way Mm -hmm. I approach like everything so for me it was also coming from a place of like I knew I was going to be a scientist at that point. And I was like, this is stupid. I have yeah. to know these things, right? So yes. um, for me, it was really rooted in like I was just angry because I was like, you're not going to make me as like less prepared than everybody else. You know? Yes, I
0: agree with that a hundred percent. That's a really good way to put it. It's unfair that. The culture of shame surrounding sex means that young women, and in many cases, young men, Mm -hmm. are less prepared than their peers and counterparts.
1: Exactly. Because, and then at the end of the day, I ended up specializing in stem cells, the little baby cells that babies are made of. So like (laughs) my background in developmental biology, starting from the very beginning of like when sperm meets egg was important, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And it's stupid that I would have been held back because I didn't know any developmental biology or reproductive biology when those two things are like the crux of like the, of how life forms.
0: I agree with you completely, but and and I know that you are very academically minded and yes. that you want your information presented to you in a clear, concise uh, manner that is well-written and accessible mm-hmm. from a reliable and unbiased source.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one time when I was in the ocean, I kicked a sea urchin to see what it was, mm-hmm. and then I got a spike in my toe jeez that, ow that, that, that's
1: how i approach learning no i know it was like it was <laughs> like guess i'll jump off this cliff and if i die it was too high and i'm in the background like wait 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 we can measure don't do that we can measure. We can, girl. We have eyes, and you're just like, nope. I'm going. Bye. But that's literally our friendship. Like I'm the one no. who's like, no, no, no. Let's think about this. And you're just like, let's not.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yes, I feel like it would have been great to have a proper academic preparation mm-hmm. about our reproductive systems, um, mm-hmm. especially for us. Uh, especially for people whose reproductive systems do not work in a typical fashion, Mm -hmm. um, where things are maybe more painful than they need to be. But before we get into that, because we will be talking about um, reproductive health pretty specifically, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. female reproductive health, obviously. Um, Yes. But like, what about the other stuff? What about like, hey... How do I know if I'm ready to have sex? Who would you have asked that question to? Uh,
1: no, you? I don't know. No well, <laughs> no, no adult, right? Like, um, Yes. Like absolutely no adult. Maybe we would have, you and I probably did have this conversation. I don't know. We've had so many that they kind of end up blending together. But um, I feel like probably I would have spoken to you. I really considered, like, it's funny, your room like, to be, uh, like, a safe zone, and we would, like, close the door and (laughs) be, like, what is going on with life, right, actually, because we were always so tired of the restrictions, because I do want to go back to, like, how I think a lot of people learn from media, but even then, it was so censored, like, they would cut kisses out of Disney movies, for God's sake, and I'm, like, this is a cartoon.
0: Dude, I had no idea that Esmeralda or that
1: the Quasimodo kissed Esmeralda at the end until I moved here. Exactly. Like I had my, my um, videotape, because we're old, my videotape of Hercules, <laughs> my videotape of Hercules had a whole scene cut out of it. Um, Which one? Uh, so it's after... You know, Meg, like, lures Hercules out to play hooky, and then she tries to, I guess, kind of, like, seduce him into admitting his weakness. And Yes. And Hercules- I love just, that scene. Exactly. And he's such a sweetheart where he's like, no, I'm good, thanks. Like, I'm sorry. I respect women, whatever. Um, <gasps> which is, like, such king behavior. Anyway. Um, and then also like they skip stones, and he like accidentally hits a statue. Um, but that statue—oh, I love that scene! I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, but that statue has like exposed breasts. It's it's a Greek statue, so that was all. That whole section was completely cut out. I do want to say seamlessly. So shout out to the people cutting my videos. <laughs> um, but I didn't see any of that. Even though when you look at it, it's so innocent and and. Come on, right? It's so suggestive. There is such a suggestive undertone. We've talked about this. Yes, I know. I know. And like Meg herself is like a very sultry character. She Um, is so sexy. I know. I love her so much. But I love and respect her and she's my sassy queen, right? Uh, There you go. um, so but I just want to say like everything was censored and cut out like I a lot of my videotapes were from the states so a lot Mm -hmm. of them weren't but like some of them 100% were like I think I'm the one who told you where I was like dude part of your copy of Hunchback is cut and you were like what because it's so seamless again shout out (laughs) um so Yeah, everything was being censored. So even if we did have... Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. We have to seek out haram forms of media to learn things.
0: So let's talk about those haram forms of media. Shushu, we know that uh, you found those historical romances because nobody bothered to censor them because the covers were halal. Yes. (laughs) Um, Or kosher for non-Arabic speakers, (laughs) did you Mm -hmm. watch Mm -hmm. internet porn? No.
1: I did. (laughs) Okay. How? Wait. Also, just so that everybody knows, if you went on Wikipedia, back when we lived in the UAE, if you went on Wikipedia and you searched, like, I don't know, ovaries, you would get a page that said blocked. (laughs) I don't know if they would have blocked Ovaries specifically,
0: but if you typed in sex, which I typed in repeatedly, (laughs) trying to
1: learn, yeah, but um, if you if you if you typed in, you got a fire block. Sure, but if you typed in like I don't know, I guess like female reproductive system, you would probably get blocked, dude. Like, even if it was something as like dry and scientific as that. And I will say the articles on Wikipedia are pretty scientific. It's not like Wikipedia (laughs) was like I don't know the gates to hell. Um, it's where you would look things up.
0: So, also, um, donate to Wikipedia. They do yes, so much. They and do so they, much. They, yes. So, donate to Wikipedia if you can.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of things were blocked. So, even if you wanted to Google things, even if you wanted to Google things and go to like educational safe space websites, they were blocked.
0: So, I never tried to do any educational safe space stuff. <laughs> I would type things like sex, people having sex. Men, sex, muscle, sex, um, (laughs) (laughs) vagina, sex. (laughs) And just nothing would come up until in grade nine, a very close friend of Mm -hmm. ours, actually, who Mm -hmm. used to spend time with us in the Mm -hmm. cafe. He was nicknamed um, a perv. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because Uh, he was anyway.
0: Sure, sure. He... Wanted to share videos with me and uh-huh. I wanted to have those videos shared with me. So I downloaded a firewall blocker on my um parents' computer, which they also used. Oh my god, nude. The intelligence um was not <laughs> fully formed yet. <laughs> the brain cells were not there. There was like one lone brain cell just like <laughs> banging around in there. <laughs> Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I started watching porn when I was 14 years old, and the first video I ever watched was emailed to me by no MSN messaged <laughs> to me. Dude, I'm losing by... my mind here. I hate this story <laughs> so much. By our good friend, okay. the perf. Okay. All right. It was a schoolgirl video. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I I get it. I get it. I get it. So it was a schoolgirl video, and it was probably 22 minutes long, and I watched it probably four or five times. God damn. Yeah. And, like, initially I wasn't even watching it to be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No. I was watching it to be like, okay, and then you do what? Okay, hang on. Wait, what? And then you insert where? Wait, stop. Wait, and then okay, is that good or bad? Painful or happy? True or acted? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess it's a good thing that I'm such a uh, an analytical thinker already. Yeah, that I walked into it with the what can I learn from this and what else is available to me.
1: Yeah, new, but like I feel like there. Okay, here's the thing. You just said like real or acted. A lot of people don't have the ability to differentiate that and or don't care. I, I think for a lot of people this could be like a really toxic way to learn about sex. I absolutely
0: agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally am a huge supporter of um, the porn industry and mm-hmm. sex workers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just wish that there were more independent production companies making m- work that had more integrity.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's not about not supporting the people who do this work. It's about like, how do like men specifically, I'm going to just come out and say it. How do like young boys and young male teenagers and whatever, like, how do they process this? You know?
0: Oh, I mean, with the amount of content available, I don't know how you would even begin to process it or even sift through the available material to find what you want to find or what interests you. Or, and here's what's most important to me, what explains what you like and then validates it. Mm. So shortly after the... um, video that was sent to me by our friend, mm-hmm. I started doing my own exploration and quickly stumbled upon um, lesbian sex,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which, by the way, very gratuitous, uh, badly scripted and badly done for the most part in mainstream pornography. Mm-hmm. But it sparked an interest and a the uh, little itty bitty crisis, right, at 15. Mm hmm of like, why am I enjoying watching two women Mm -hmm. together?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I actually ended up taking that question to a cousin of mine who was like, girl, there's no straight girls. (laughs) (laughs) And then we kind of just left it there. Okay. What I'm trying to say is in the same way that romance novels kind of Make you aware of the types of sex that people can have. Mm-hmm. Porn can do the same thing if you are able to sift through and find quality content
1: mm-hmm. Okay. I believe you. I mean, I don't know. I just have to take your word for it, and I will so.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. yeah. um it does lead us pretty nicely into the next thing that we promised to discuss today which is what counts as sex?
1: I don't know, man. Whatever people want to count it as. Like, <laughs> like what, what are these like labels and shit? Let people, Like people should just make their own decisions. But you're right. This is like a big question because people expect there to be one blanket answer.
0: What is the one blanket answer that is normally given to young people upon first asking what is sex?
1: Oh, just like insertion of a penis into a vagina. Is that accurate? Um, Per my definition, no.
0: (laughs) Per the definition of many, 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 many people, no.
1: Well, I mean, like per per all of our definitions is because that's really like cis and heteronormative. And like, you know, I think we're all a little more woke than that now. If we all have like personal definitions, I would hope that they are a little more broad. I'm not sure they
0: are, which is why I bring it up. I know that within our own personal social circles, all of our beloved people are woke and Mm -hmm. already know this Mm -hmm. and that it sounds pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. But I do want to go into this kind of from the ground level. The way sex is usually explained is that it is the insertion of a penis into a vagina um, for the purpose of procreation and eventual baby making. Mm -hmm. We are going to try to rewrite this definition into a simple single sentence. Mm -hmm. But before that, I think we should kind of mention other ways that people have sex and the reasons why people might choose to have sex.
1: Okay. Do you want to take it away? (laughs) Uh, No, you can get started. (laughs) Okay, sure.
0: Um, Heavy petting is a sexual activity. And for people who are not yet prepared for insertion of any kind, heavy petting could be sex. Mm -hmm. Um, For people who are same-sex or same-gender couples, um, the insertion of a penis into a vagina is not a possibility because Mm -hmm. one of those, um, this is in a cis-same-sex partnership, Mm -hmm. I should be specific. Mm -hmm. In a cis-same-sex partnership, um, there will be two of a single organ. Organ? Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know it sounds Thank weird. You. I was like, "Wait, what?" It sounds
0: weird. I'm like, organs go on the inside. Anyway, no, your skin is an organ. Can you tell? I didn't study biology. Yep. <laughs> um, so there will be two of the same organ, and people will find ways to pleasure one another in their in the privacy of their own uh, sexual experiences. But their sex is not invalid because it does not include the insertion of a penis into a vagina for the purpose of making a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, there are couples who are, uh, transgendered or non-binary who have a wide array of, uh, parts and bits to, uh, use as they see fit, as they consent to using, as they uh, choose to use in order for it to be a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally speaking, in terms of pleasure, penises like to be stroked. Generally, in terms of pleasure, vaginas like clitoral stimulation and in some women, they also like stimulation uh, from insertion. Not all women like that. Uh, both uh, cis men, cis women, trans men, trans women, and non-binary people, depending on their own personal tastes and fetishes, could orgasm from anal stimulation, anal play, or even anal insertion. Um Uh, Breasts, nipples, both men and women uh, can experience sexual stimulation through nipple play. One percent of women are capable of reaching orgasm through nipple play. When I say women, I mean cis women with Mm -hmm. breasts. Or just people with breasts, that's fine. People with breasts. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Although I do want to specify that in some cases, some people with breasts uh, choose not to incorporate them into play because there is a uh, dysmorphia to the mm-hmm. very existence yeah, sure. of those breasts.
1: That's also okay and also valid. Um, I think the long and short of it is it there should be no definition, I almost feel like. Just people should just do whatever they want to do. I don't know that we have to slap a label on it. I think that we actually should be able to label sexual activity sex
0: because all of the warnings Mm -hmm. that come with practicing safe sex, you kind of need if there's a matching checklist, right, Mm -hmm. you need to know what precautions match what activity. Mm -hmm. And if we're just saying everything is sex, just go out and be loose, there may not be as much clarity as we are capable of providing regarding uh, post-care, pre-care, and care during the experience of experiencing sexuality with another person.
1: I mean, sure, but I don't think that not wanting to just like label like a specific set of activities means that it's going to impact how safe people are. I hope that's true. Um, Right? Because if you don't have a label, you just say, be safe in any activity that you choose to do. And people will know what those activities are. And Google is a free service. so Sure.
0: I can... I can I can follow you here. And I do want to give people the benefit of the doubt that they will participate in whatever activities they choose to participate in safely. Mm -hmm. But I also want to validate people's sexual experiences by giving it the label of, yes, this also is sex. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, I know. I I know. Like, I get it. But I also I'm maybe saying from like from the get go, we should have never had this label like we should have never made it such a tight definition. Precisely. I agree with you completely. It's the tightness of the definition that is
0: problematic. And do you want to tell us why it's problematic to have such a limited definition of what sex is?
1: I mean, because... Not everybody is a cis man and a cis woman in a heterosexual relationship, right?
0: Well, this is obvious to you and this is obvious to me, but let's, uh, let's think of the broader audience at large. Let's think of everybody listening who may or may not have had the privilege of a social justice education.
1: I mean, look, people in intimate relationships should shouldn't feel like they have to do one thing to like, quote unquote, consummate, you know, I feel like it's dangerous because then you're putting pressure on people to do something that they maybe don't want to do mm-hmm. or are not ready for mm-hmm. or and that may never they, be ready for
0: or that they can't do with the parts available to them.
1: Exactly. So then it comes with its own type of like weird shame, like what you're doing isn't acceptable mm-hmm.
0: or whatever mm-hmm. yeah 100 mm-hmm. yes. percent. yes yes um there's also non-binary people uh people for whom gender is uh not something that is either man or woman it is a much larger wider spectrum um many non-binary individuals choose the pronouns um z ze and Zer. Mm -hmm. or they and them. If you are Mm -hmm. concerned about the grammatical accuracy of using they, them pronouns for an individual, please consult Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, which has added the they, them pronouns to personal individual pronouns.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah? This is not a complete list. I think New York has listed 73 genders
1: Oh, that's nice. That's good. I
0: yeah, I th- I think so. I don't know if I have my numbers completely straight. We are not the best people um, to access information from on this topic. Neither of us have lived experiences to talk about with regards to these matters. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I have been misgendered, but it is different to be misgendered as a cis person for the purpose of being made fun of than to be misgendered because people do not understand your sense of identity.
1: Yeah. And, you know, basically what Nude is saying is don't take the advice or definitions from two cis heterosexual women as like the be all end all mm-hmm. as usual google is a free service please use it wisely use it educationally also are you talking about like you being made fun of when people would like call you a boy yeah it's
0: oh, aga the a man look at oh, oh. all the man
1: because no, i run god. faster
0: than you punch harder than you and get shit done better than you yeah fine i'm a man fuck yourself god they're so
1: salty if anything <laughs> that makes it <sense. laughs> i mean I mean, like, what are they even saying? She's so great. She must be one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: no, they were trying to shame me into taking up less space. We all know what that is. Oh, for
1: God's sake, yeah. Anyway, so basically what we're saying is that because there are so many identities and so many ways of just, like, being a person in this world, that means that the definition of sex has to be very broad. Um and it should be very broad, and every iteration of it should include um, tips for safety. That is what we're trying to say. 100%. I also want to
0: mention that there are many, like there are many different forms of sex that we haven't gone into detail about here. There is mm-hmm. cyber sex, there is sex ting. There is uh, phone sex a nice old throwback. Um, There is the uh, forms of sex that are experienced by differently abled people, Um, people who are not represented in any mainstream forms of media at all, who are still Mm -hmm. sexually active, red-blooded human beings who have sexual experiences. There are Mm -hmm. many TED Talks about this. Um, I am... Not educated enough to say anything on the topic, so I'm just going to say that there are resources available if you are interested in learning more about all of the different ways that the human body can be used for pleasure. Yep, I think that's good.
1: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Should we? Should we talk about? Should we talk about this highly controversial next point, which you have written down as, what's the deal with hymens, fam? <laughs> okay, so my
0: dearest scientist, I'm going to ask you to tell us, what
1: is up with hymens, fam? Okay, so um, just, okay, fine. You know, sci- scientifically, Um, We're just going to say that the hymen is a thin piece of tissue. I'm pretty sure it's like a mucosal tissue that surrounds or maybe like partially covers the external opening of the vagina. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is part of the vulva, um, which is like your external genitalia, and it's pretty similar in structure to the vagina. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is what a hymen is. I feel
0: like the most common misconception about a hymen is that this uh tissue that you are talking about covers the entirety of the opening and bleeds upon insertion which is evidence of virginity or lack thereof.
1: Okay, so let me talk about this again from a scientific perspective. Please. So um I just want people to picture kind of like a thin piece of tissue which I know is disgusting but it doesn't gross me out because I mean, guess this is my life now. You um, mean
0: body tissue, not facial tissue.
1: Not facial tissue, body tissue. Um, and that means, you know, it's just just picture like – I don't even know how to explain it because I'm so deep in my own field that I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Anyway, just whatever. <laughs> picture a piece of tissue. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes on a scale medically where – um A quote unquote normal hymen, and that is like a hymen that doesn't really need any kind of medical or surgical intervention, is a piece of tissue that has a hole in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have an imperforate hymen, whereas where that piece of tissue doesn't have a hole in it. And I think that's what people think. All hymens are, but that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, you can get medical intervention to kind of help that. You have a microperforate hymen where there is a hole, but it's like really little. Again, you can get intervention for that. You have a cribriform hymen where there are like lots of little holes, so they don't really come together to create like um, a bigger hole. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you also have a septate one where there, it's like there is a hole, but there's also like um, a bridge of tissue in between it. So it just looks like two holes, like Voldemort's nose. (laughs) Um, So those are like. I feel like that's a good overview of like what hymens can look like, but I think the problem with hymens is that we think that they are all the second kind that I mentioned, which is mm-hmm. the imperforate one where there is no hole. So thinking that, people think that means when you push something into it, whatever it is, tampon, penis, whatever, um, it is going to tear and bleed. And if it does bleed, that means you are sweet, innocent, beautiful little virgin. <laughs> so... And so in the Middle East, you know, you'll have, it's not, I don't know that anyone had access to tampons, actually. I don't know if they were sold because I didn't, were
0: they? I I have no idea. My mom told me that I had to use pads and that I couldn't use tampons, even though my pad leaked every single month because what Mm -hmm. the fuck. And I did eventually just start using tampons because I was like, I'm doing whatever I want.
1: Yeah. But did you use tampons in
0: the UAE? I did not. I have no idea if they were even available.
1: Okay, yeah, I also don't know that. So maybe someone who does know, um, or maybe who has used them for whatever reason, can tell us. But um, I'm pretty sure we all used pads because we would like give them to each other. So mm-hmm. like, during mm-hmm. that time of the month. Yep. Um, so I feel like there was this like, oh, you shouldn't use. Um, you shouldn't like use a tampon. A, a funny one is you shouldn't go horseback riding, which is like okay. <laughs> you shouldn't go bike riding. You don't do anything that puts anything in between your legs. Don't masturbate. Um, don't just don't do anything because the thing is, just it's don't like touch if, it. <laughs> if there is a tear in the hymen or if it has torn, it you are not a virgin anymore. Ugh. The reality of the matter is that there is a um, entrance to the hymen. It is not a like cohesive piece of tissue. And when bleeding does occur, as it does to people with vaginas, when mm-hmm. bleeding does occur, it is because most likely the hole is being like a little bit stretched. This tissue isn't very robust, mm-hmm. and so when it tears, it bleeds, as with anything in the human body. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that your body has changed in some way you know no your anatomy has not been altered by this encounter 100% also there are
0: instances in which insertion can occur in a what's the word you said perforant in the uh the one which one no the, the imperforant.
1: so the one that the one that's just like uh No, I mean the the one
0: that does have holes in it.
1: Like one hole? One good big hole? Yes, that. They just call that one normal. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay, sure. If you have a typical hymen, um, it is possible for insertion to occur and not impact the hymen at all, which in that case,
1: like now how do you judge virginity or lack thereof? So here's the thing. If you um, have your first encounter and you're a person with a vagina and insertion does take place and you don't bleed and you're like, what's up with that? Well, congratulations. Your body was ready. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, literally congratulations. So this really loops us around to the hot take of today's episode. You can't jump, judge someone's virginity by their anatomy. No, you really can't. These virginity checks are fucking impossible.
0: You can look there and maybe find tissue, maybe find torn tissue, maybe find uh, you know, I, there is so much that you can find when you look between the legs of a female body and you can't know a person's history, experiences, morality, or values from a piece of fucking tissue. It's this is like who was that stupid fucking entertainer who
1: said that he took his 18 year old daughter to get her hymen check? Yeah. Who the fuck was that? Was it like an entertainer or like a football player, someone in I don't know, sports. I don't like I remember this. It was really recent too. It was so recent and I I
0: remember kind of opening up Facebook and this was the story that was everywhere instantly logging off and just being like I'll be back in a fucking week because no thank you. Mhm. It's this is not how anything works.
1: No, that's literally not how anything works. And you know, I was able to list five um ways that this tissue could present itself in someone's body. That's probably just like With the way human bodies are and the different ways in which we develop, there are way more hymen types out there that I just don't know the names of, you know? I'm Um, actually really
0: impressed that you know as many as you do.
1: Girl, I know my biology. Okay. (laughs) You Um, do. Yeah. So so there there are probably like a lot more just like – and I say that, you know, based on my understanding of like human development – there's always more out there and there's a whole variety out there and none of them are wrong. None of them are bad. You know, if you can get, you know, and, and, you know, like if you have one that's just completely imperfect, doesn't have like a hole. you can, you can go get surgical intervention for that, for your own like safety and, and, you know, peace of mind, like, but not, none of them are wrong. What is wrong is how much Pressure we put on it. And we teach girls, and mm-hmm. I did think this, I did think this. You teach girls that it will be gone. It's there one second and it's gone the next, and you can mm-hmm. never get it back. But that's not how tissues work.
0: No, it's also not how sex works.
1: Uh, it's how nothing works, actually. <laughs> but was that like the impression that you had of the hymen? I was told that I wasn't allowed to take horseback riding lessons because it would impact
0: my hymen. Yeah.
1: Oh, you loved horses, though. I
0: still love horses, but I take lessons yeah. now. Yeah. Not in oh, the winter because okay. it's fucking cold out, but.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the horses are like in their little jackets. Anyway. Oh, they're um, so good. They're so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. So you were told that, but did you also have this like i this image of what what did you picture it as? Like, did we even know? Did we have an idea of what the deal was? with hymens um yeah so
0: honestly i this is like this is difficult this is difficult because a lot of choices i made were based on inaccurate perceptions that i had Mm -hmm. um because i masturbated very frequently between the ages of 13 and i guess 19 um Mm -hmm. I just assumed that I had fucked myself over anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which in my <laughs> very anxious mind made a list of things um, possible and then made mm-hmm. another list of things impossible. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, okay, I've, I'm have i already not a virgin. Um, if I have the kind of You know, wedding or whatever that my parents expect of me. And if I marry the kind of person my parents expect me to marry, they're going to discover that I'm not, in fact, a virgin. And then I'm going to be humiliated and out on my ass. So that is an entire option that's not available to me. Instead, I could go and be promiscuous because it doesn't fucking matter because I already lost my hymen.
1: Hmm. I Lost. think that yeah right um Lost,
0: yeah. I never took a mirror to my nether regions until adulthood mm-hmm. um I highly recommend it it's good to know where things are how they're looking what's normal um for of you Of course yeah yeah I highly recommend taking a mirror to your um vagina and kind of like just examining the the whole area
1: um, Exam people should examine themselves just examine your entire body like mm-hmm yeah just like do it all like do your breast exam Ch- make sure you know what things look like when they're good so that you can catch them when they're bad okay yeah
0: exactly um yeah so I thought that I was like before ever having sex I was like oh well I'm a slut I have no hymen it's Fucking fine. Oh. <laughs> like I, I, put my fingers in there. Literally, nothing happened. I guess I fucked it up. <laughs> I felt nothing. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that was. It was a weird obsession for for some time there.
1: Mm, yeah. You know I. I never really thought about it, to be honest. Well, I guess I was never asking to use tampons or go horseback riding, so who knows? Um, Because I was like me outdoors, no. Anyway, (laughs) in the heat, no. But (laughs) yeah,
0: um, no. But uh, the the horseback riding thing was like, oh, can I take horseback riding lessons? And my mom was like, what? No, your hymen will break.
1: (laughs) But like, it's such a Weird misunderstanding of how tissue repair works because, Mm -hmm. say, you do bleed, that tear will repair itself. (laughs) Yeah. Also, another
0: thing that I want to say is, and this one is another awkward one to bring up um, vaginal bleeding can occur during a sexual encounter that includes penetration, and -hmm. it's not necessarily the tissue of your hymen. A lot of friction and not enough lubrication could actually cause tears in the vaginal opening. Mm-hmm. I found out at 17 <laughs> at the doctors fucking panicking. Oh, God.
1: You know what, Nude, like also though, that could lead the, tymen, the hymen, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> you can, that can lead the hymen to tear um, a little worse. Yeah. And then lead to more bleeding. Um, for for people with vaginas, a lot of it is rooted in like dryness. Dry plus vagina equals no, not happy. Also, like dryness doesn't necessarily
0: mean a lack of arousal. Um, it could just no. be that the friction has used up the available lubrication. Your body may not be producing any more lubrication either because you are not. Um, hydrated sufficiently, or just because there's no more lubrication right now. In which case, I recommend
1: KY Jelly. It's really good. I mean, people should just know that like there is no shame if your body is not producing what you want it to produce or what you've told that it should produce. Um, We're all different. Mm -hmm. Go out and buy whatever tools you need to Make your experience pleasant. Yep. And don't listen to people because they're so judgmental and annoying. Oh my God. I know. And I know I
0: want to say don't listen to people, but at the same time, I want to say talk about this with absolutely everybody in your circle. Talk about the experiences you're having. Talk about what's hurting, what's bleeding, what's enjoyable, what's pleasurable, where you liked being touched, where you don't appreciate being touched. You should be able to advocate on behalf of your own body.
1: Yes, I agree with that. The people you shouldn't listen to is when you do have those conversations, the people who are like, that's not normal. Yeah, that's that's not
0: a good response. Unless it's, I have a gigantic bump on this. Oh, that's not normal. I recommend yeah. going to a
1: doctor. Versus like, oh, I wasn't very lubricated. So I'm being like, that's not normal. Look, if you go and get yourself checked out regularly, yep. um, and your doctor has no concerns, you're probably fine. That usually for other people is just coming from a place of like lack of education and judgment. Also for LGBT people having um, non-traditional,
0: I guess is the word I'm going to use, um, mm-hmm. having non-traditional sex. Um, I understand that it can be very threatening to go to a uh, het doctor who does mm-hmm. not validate or understand your experiences. In which case, there are a number of LGBT-specific care centers in Toronto for sure, Mm -hmm. and uh, probably also in LA. I can't really link anything specific because I haven't been in the city for quite a while. But Mm -hmm. a quick Google search of LGBT-friendly sexual health clinics will, Mm -hmm. yeah, like there's options. You don't have to go to a shitty doctor to get care.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. Also, I just I maybe just have to say this and it'll piss a lot of people off. But given that it. the hymen is not something that can be lost, that means that virginity is a social construct. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't believe in it. I'm just saying that you should be aware of that. That's right. Hot takes on this episode <laughs> of Hotel Papa this
0: okay virginity is a social construct the right time to have sex is when you feel that it's the right time to
1: have sex what i'm also just saying like if you know it's okay to believe in the concept okay look let me, let me give like a fun example. Please. Femininity, femininity is a social construct. Mm-hmm. But I participate in, in it wholeheartedly because I love it. Okay? 100%. It's the same thing. As with any social construct, mm-hmm. you're allowed to have your own opinion on it. You're allowed to subscribe to it. You're allowed to not subscribe to it. That's your choice. But what's important? The thing is, virginity is not presented to us as a social construct.
0: And the I femininity know.
1: wasn't either, honestly. It was just like- it really wasn't. Rules. So it, because it wasn't presented that way to a lot of people, it's really hard for you to be like, wait, so if I'm not losing anything, what is this?
0: <sighs> Here's what you could lose in your first sexual encounter. You could lose- Your first sexual encounter, because you can only have one first sexual encounter.
1: But you could say that of anything, too.
0: 100%. So I will never scuba dive for the first time again. I will never skydive for the first time again. I will never get married for the first time again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But the other time, who knows? Wink wink. I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, God, no. Um, no, God We all no. know Mike is the best.
1: We can't I personally cannot go through another bridal party extravagance. <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh my God. I don't even know why I was like, I'm gonna have
0: a Western wedding with a bridal party. Like, why did I not just be like, you know what, everybody wear your clothes and sit down
1: wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, it's um this it's 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 tough. Right, like the th- the thing is, like sometimes I think about like I wish I could read this play for the first time again, but it's yes. not really something that has been lost. I don't really process it as lost. I like just am really happy that I had that first time, and now what's yes. great is that I can read the play differently now. Yes, enjoy it on stage with yes. different a different pair of eyes, and that's the thing. Losing things like we can lose things in life, but like only you can't lose yourself. Exactly. You
0: you don't lose yourself in sex unless uh, we're talking about sex addiction, which is normally a symptom of a deeper, more concerning mental health issue. Um, But that's not what I'm talking about. You don't you don't have sex one day and wake up the next day a completely transformed person. You wake up the next day having had sex. That's what happens. I think um, a common experience is a fear of mm. what to expect on on the wedding night. You know? Oh my god!
1: So this is the this is the next bullet point, though. What's the problem with not knowing? <laughs> okay oh queen God. of segways. okay queen of segues what's the problem with not knowing what is the problem with the lack of education first and foremost
0: vulnerability mm. and i mean that at every single age group and i'm going mm-hmm. to say something right now that legitimately like there is a lump in my fucking throat saying oh something God. like this But a four-year-old who has been touched inappropriately, Mm -hmm. if they don't have the fucking vocabulary to tell you where they've been touched and how they've been touched, they are vulnerable to being touched in that way repeatedly and thinking of it as normal.
1: Yes, I agree with that.
0: Um, If you don't know that what's being done to you can be wrong or inappropriate, then how the fuck do you advocate for yourself? Exactly. You don't. If you don't know what to expect on the wedding night, how do you know that what's being done to you is, in fact, consensual? You can't provide Mm -hmm. consent without information. Yes, 100%. How do you know, on a much lighter note, what's going to bring you pleasure in bed if Mm -hmm. you have never talked about it or learned about it in any way?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. How do you know how to answer that pesky question on your first biology exam in university? There you go. Just like the most basic of ways it can have a negative impact on your life. And how do you know when something with your body requires medical attention?
0: Well, you can't know that it requires medical attention unless you know what it looks like, feels like, sounds like, smells like, tastes like when it's healthy.
1: Hmm. And and if we live in a culture that just builds shame and fear about it, if you're feeling a little too much pain during your periods or you're just feeling you're losing so much blood that you're faint. Are you insane? You- it's a
0: period. Calm down. Jesus, it happens every month. You're still this salty about it? Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It It doesn't have to be... Not knowing. Knowing doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do it. I think that's what people don't understand. You mean that the impression is that as soon as you hear
0: about sex and are under the impression that it's enjoyable, you're going to jump the first person that you see who you are sexually attracted to?
1: Yes. <laughs> is, is, that not, is that not the mindset? Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I was jumping on a dick just real quick. like
1: No, that's not how it works. The very mention of it, Nude was like, gotta go.
0: (laughs) Bye. No. um, No, actually, I feel like knowing about it and having masturbated for so long made me a dynamite sexual partner, makes me a dynamite sexual partner.
1: And not only that, for people who learn about it, it just helps them make educated choices in the future.
0: Oh, yeah. I knew what I didn't want to get on top of or underneath.
1: That's very important, though, like for your own safety and your own peace of mind. Yup. But these things aren't prioritized. This is the thing I almost, you know, for a long time in my life um, growing, I'm saying like when we were in the UAE, you almost feel like. You are a caricature of a person mm-hmm. when when you're carrying all of these things that men are supposed to take from you. It's like I'm carrying a backpack and inside it is all of these things and things are just being taken from me all the time and I'm not allowed to like fight back or hold on or have an opinion about how, when, and by whom they should be taken. Well, no, that's,
0: you just carry the bag until someone is willing to offload it.
1: But that's awful. Right? Of course it's awful.
0: That's not how anything should work. Shushu. Shoo, shoo. Yes. From an advice perspective, mm. what does a positive sexual experience, what is a positive sexual experience? How are you supposed to come out of that?
1: I mean, the thing is, it has to have been consensual. Yep. That is the big one. Mm-hmm. there has to have been communication either mm-hmm. prior or during mhm and you prior come away from and it and during preferably
0: and w- let's talk yeah. a little bit about uh let's talk a little bit about consent at the end of this episode with like practical advice of how to ask yes. for it and how to give it
1: yes um and you you should come away from it not feeling like garbage
0: oh 100% yeah you ideally in a, you know, in an ideal coupling, you would come out of it, um, happy. Your Mm -hmm. endorphins, uh, should have rushed through your brain. Uh, your heart rate is likely to be somewhat increased. Uh, breathlessness is a possible side effect because it is a stimulating physical activity, um, for, I mean, depending on obviously what and how you're doing it. Um, it can be quite active. Um, some muscle pain the following day is normal, especially if you um, are a little bit acrobatic in the sack. Oh my God. I mean,
1: I'm like- Okay, I'm, what we're just saying, what we are saying is yeah. that when I say you shouldn't feel like bad, I mean, emotionally, if you feel yeah. a little aching pain
0: Whatever you shouldn't um, be like. Oh no! What the fuck have I done?
1: That's exactly no. And you shouldn't feel like I didn't want this or I was pressured into this. One hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So regarding consent, so as to avoid those icky next day feelings. Yeah, consent isn't the sexiest thing. It's it's not. I don't. I don't find it sexy. Um, I there there's certain language. That is that does take me out of the mood. So, mm-hmm. like, for me personally, in my own experiences, I don't like the term, is this okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, for me, that takes me out of the mood, and it's like, <laughs> stop fucking asking. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not the case for everybody. For some people, it's actually a big turn on to be considered in that way and to be asked, hey, are you okay? Is this good? Is this working?
1: Look, it has to be a resounding yes. Don't go off body language. Don't, if they're in a situation where they can't consent, like they're drunk or they're just like out of it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Also unable, it has to be a firm yes. And here's the thing you can have that
0: conversation prior to engaging in any sexual activity and draw up a list of the ways in which you would like to be addressed during sex. For some people, maybe um, you want it to be a little bit dirtier, and then you have a template of how far somebody can go verbally in that conversation. You could agree in advance um, what's okay, what's off limits, and then Mm -hmm. if anything changes. The onus would be on the person who wants the change to say this needs to change, and then it changes immediately. Um, For some couples, they agree on facial expressions that they can use with one another. Um, So, not going off body language. If you're with a stranger or an unfamiliar partner, don't go off body language. Make sure to get verbal enthusiastic consent. If this is a familiar partner, then be sure to develop routines in your own couplings. or thruplings, or quadruplings, or however you like to do what you do. Um, Just make sure that everybody involved knows that this is a good time. Cringing is a bad facial expression. Do not continue if you see cringing. Um, Sounds that sound different from the other sounds that occur during the coupling may be cause for alarm or signals of pain. Do not continue at the same pace. Um, Or tempo, if you feel as though the sound has changed in some way, you don't have to say, hey, are you okay? Or, hey, did I hurt you? And you don't have to necessarily stop all activity, but you could say, how do you want it? Or what do you want here? Right? Mm -hmm. Like instead of, oh my God, are you okay? Which for me is like, ugh. Um, I mean,
1: well, that kind of just freaks you out, though. That's like a scary thing to hear.
0: It's like it's for me. No, it's just like right now is not the time to be considerate. I need you to be an animal. (laughs) Like, I need you to be an animal. Please be an animal. You're taking me out of this.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. I hate you so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying different strokes for different folks. Consent doesn't look like one thing. Sex doesn't look like one thing. But whatever sex you're having and however you're consenting to it, make sure that all the people involved in the activity are on the same page.
1: Yes, either with a prior conversation Mm -hmm. or a conversation during it Mm -hmm. or both, preferably Mm -hmm. both because yes. people are allowed to change their minds, okay? Like in the they can just be like I'm not into this anymore. That's fine too. Like yes. You you are not entitled to to people in that way ever.
0: Ever. Also, you can take breaks during sex. You don't have to go until male ejaculate occurs. <laughs> like that's not I feel like that's the traditionally understood ending. <laughs> to a uh, sexual experience is Mm -hmm. the ejaculation has escaped. (laughs) There it goes. Um, It's it's not. You can stop any time before that. You could be tired. You could have a muscle cramp. You could dissolve into laughter because your dog is barking (laughs) at the door and it's just not sexy anymore. And instead, you're going to have family cuddle time. Like, there's no rules. There's no
1: set rules here. Except, no, it's, except consent. Consent. Yes. <laughs> Look, everybody just needs to be consensual and safe. That is the most important thing. Like we understand that there is that a lot of us, cause I, I the majority of our audience is Arab. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. And Muslim. I understand yeah, sure. that a lot of this is rooted in shame and our culture has a huge impact on what we know and how we were taught things. But mm-hmm. if you're an adult listening to this podcast, you have the power to go learn things yourself. And again, that doesn't mean don't, don't do what like, the adults think that we were going to do, which is just like hop on the nearest train, right? Mm-hmm. But you now have the freedom to Google and to ask and to have those mm-hmm. conversations with people that you feel comfortable with. You don't have to do anything. You just have to educate yourself.
0: Um, also, please be aware that whoever you are, you have a right to enjoy and take pleasure in your sexual experiences. They do not have to exist solely for the purpose of procreation, and they do not have to exist solely for the pleasure of somebody else. Um, cis ladies in, um, cishet relationships, you can initiate if you're in the mood you can initiate. You don't, you don't have to wait for the owner of the penis to come and take things.
1: Look, nothing can be taken from you, from you, your physical body, nothing, (laughs) nothing. You're not losing anything. I hate that. I hate like, oh, women, it's like living life as like a cis woman. It's like someone is holding a chisel to you and slowly chipping away at the marble until you die because there's nothing left and you're just a pile of crap.
0: It's so funny. It was, my mom used to say this, but she'd say it jokingly. And um, Mm. anyone who knows my mom knows she's a very beautiful woman. But Mm -hmm. she always used to say like, oh, a son takes your energy and a daughter takes your beauty. And like, (laughs) 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 so so your family takes your money, like your parents, when you're Mm -hmm. older and providing for them. Your parents take your money, your husband takes sex, your children take your energy and beauty. And by the time you arrive at the grave, if you lived it right, you are a hollowed out, empty shell of what was once a person.
1: Exactly. Go, queen. You did it right. Congratulations on being a husk. You killed it out there. Um. <laughs> I think about this a lot. About how women wake up one day and they're like, I'm unhappy. I hate that. I hate it so much, but it happens to so many people. It does. It's because of the timetables and the pressure and the definitions and all of that. And like we are humanity is just like kind of deeply lonely and unhappy, no matter who they're married to or her, who they're with. Like, and that's such a problem. And we don't think about it enough.
0: I don't think we think about it enough. Um I hope that this has been informative, at the very least.
1: Girl, now everybody knows everything about you. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I've never cared. No, you really haven't. So to anyone listening actually knew all of this shit, which is why I was not reacting. Um, (laughs) When I told Nude that I hate her, it wasn't because this is the first time I'm hearing it. It's because I already know. And I'm like, why are you advertising (laughs) it? Um okay so actually
0: I'm uh I'm pretty sex positive uh we yeah. said we would we would talk we said we would talk about kink at some point I am kinky I actually have a very uh fulfilling sexual relationship with my husband Mike and I have been together for 9 years and um regarding insertion because I know that people are just so curious so curious sure, they so um, curious Regarding insertion in sex, I've only had sex with my husband.
1: So, I mean... Are people curious about that? People are so freaking nosy. I feel
0: like they are really curious about that. And um, I don't care. Ask me questions. uh, Message us on Instagram. I feel like I'm pretty well informed regarding sex and sexuality. So, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to answer Awkward questions. I'm also a teacher. I'm not qualified to teach health and physical education, but I am qualified to give guidance because I am a level two guidance counselor. So, oh, hooray. Yeah. So, honestly, if you want to yell at me and tell me that I'm a slut and I shouldn't be talking about any of this, please message me at Instagram. <laughs>
1: Yeah, hey, um, if you want to yell at us uh, and call us terrible names, please contact us. No, don't. Just why are you even listening to this if you're mad that we're sharing like honest or that we're having an honest conversation about things that actually exist in this world?
0: We did give you a trigger warning.
1: <laughs> we did give you a trigger warning. And I also want to say, look, to people who are worried about discussing this with their friends and the way that Nude and I discuss things, discussing something doesn't mean That you have to participate in any of it in real life it
0: doesn't you don't have to actually that's what i forgot i had a nagging suspicion that i had forgotten something Mm. um sexuality is also a spectrum uh people are not only either straight or gay uh people exist on various uh parts of the spectrum. People can be pansexual, bisexual, uh, heterosexual, homosexual. Uh, These are, I think, the most commonly used terms. It can be asexual. That's, that's, yep, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's where I was going. Um, For some people, sex and sexuality is not anything that registers or on some ends of the spectrum, it's just a um, lower libido. In some instances, it's an unwillingness to engage in sex on any level at all. Again, perfectly normal, perfectly healthy, as long as you are not exceeding your personal boundaries. Um And asexuality is just as valid. Asexual people are not necessarily aromantic. There could be many, many, many kind, loving, committed couples who choose not to engage in sex. Mm -hmm. Still valid. Still acceptable. There are many women who choose to uh, maintain um, their virginity, for lack of a better word. Um, until marriage. And for women, that is 100%, and men, and people. It is 100% your own choice when, how, and under what circumstances you engage in sexual activities.
1: Yeah. Everybody just be happy and safe and kind to each other. Yep. And we will all be so much better off if we actually just talked about things.
0: Seriously, why do we not talk about things? Like, how, how is silence going to make anything go away? <sighs> it's Aib Nur, God. Yeah, yeah, but fucking isn't going to stop because it's Aib.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they sure as hell are going to try by acting like it's Aib. Whatever, man, like, they're just trying to take steps to, like, exert control over people. Whether or not it works, I don't know. Probably not. It doesn't work. But, like, that's what the steps are being taken for. For exertion of control. Um. So next
0: episode, yes, we are going to talk about uh, the people we felt safe talking about sex with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So we're going to talk about what's great about sex and what sucks about sex. We're going to back this up with science, research, and articles. We are going to have a long discussion about what contributes to deciding readiness, including cultural and religious reasoning for waiting until marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is going to be episode 10. If you have any questions or anything specific that you would like us to answer in our next episode, we're going to post a story on our highlights asking for input and discussion
1: points. Yes. Amazing. Sounds good. Well, yeah. we hope that you all enjoyed this, you guys. We know it's a very scandalous topic, <laughs> but we have to talk about it. Yep. And we will. Mm-hmm. Yes. This has been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Ahmad on Fiverr. His username is CH6K0R. Post-production is done by News' husband, Mike. Thank you, Ahmad and Mike. Thanks, guys. For more shenanigans, find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Baba Pod. Specifically for this episode, if you want to yell at us, find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Baba Pod. <laughs> if you want to drop us a line and like actually yell at us, call us at 530. 530- <laughs> call us at 53032 head on. That's 530-3242726. We'll see you next week. And remember, don't tell Baba. Especially about this. Don't tell Baba about this episode. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm going to tell my dad, like, if you're listening, just don't listen to this one. I know, but the curiosity will make him do it. Oh, my
0: God, absolutely not. If I tell my father not to look at something, he will be like, okay, I will be 20 feet that way. I don't want to know. Oh, I love your dad. I know, me too. All right. Love you, Shu. Love you, Noor. Love you all.
1: Love you guys. Bye. Bye.